Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I am your host, Tyler. And I am the Till that's about to have a drink. Mm. Tasty, what you drinking? This is a spiked Arnold Palmer half and half. Half booze, half happiness. If you're new to the show, this is our part karaoke, part porn discussion, part D&D podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void about Uh, various aspects of D&D's position. Feel free uh, to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. Um, So, speaking of the song, I messaged you this week. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I was watching, I was interested, I stumbled across a video on the YouTubes about something called Shade Balls. I Did you watched, watch the video? I watched all of 10 seconds of it. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. No, I was interested. Shade Balls are this, it's a synthetic orb filled with water that is floated on top of water reservoirs in California to prevent, A, just like a secondary purpose prevents evaporation. Primary purpose is to um, prevent sunlight from reaching the water and cause a chemical reaction from the treatment of the water that makes it cancerous. There you go. So it's like they treat the water, goes into a reservoir, the sun hits it, turns it into cancer. So they had to put, basically, like, oh, well, we'll put these black balls yeah, on top of the water now. Essentially, they've turned every body of water into a ball pit. Yeah, they turned it into, into a ball pit, and it covers, it's a pretty significant, oh, it was millions of these balls. 96 million. 96 million balls. So the reason I bring up the video, I watched the video, very interesting, I get like four minutes into it, and there's this sound do, 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 in the background. And it's the goddamn song we chose for the intro of this show. We need a new intro song. Do we? I feel like we have a popular one. It's a good one. But I would like to have a unique one. Instead of one that shows up in science videos, porn videos, D&D podcasts. Dude, versatility, man. <laughs> Excuse me. And I thought it was funny. But uh, speaking of what's happening... You had something fun happen on Monday. Five million minutes. That's how long it would take to count to 96 million, apparently. At what speed? Just, you know, one, two, three. Well, you could even do four. the math, right? Five million minutes, 96 million divided by five is, uh, Jesus Christ, 18? No. 18, 19, 19, mm-hmm. 19.2. So you're counting, it's assuming you're counting 19 numbers per minute. One number every three seconds? I mean, it's going to take a while once you get to, you know, like... Oh, that's 1, true. 1,525,336. That's true. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, see, what you do is you do the old 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 30. I would slap somebody if they did that to you me. Just, you gotta, you count. Dude, still, what do you, what do you do when you start getting to the, you know, or you lose 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, exactly. No, you, no, you have to start all the way over. Like, once you reach a million, you just go back to one, and then you get all the way up to 909,999. Nine, one million, two million. I'd kill someone. Oh, my God. Okay, I'd, you're right. It would take a really, really yeah, long time. Months. How long is five million minutes? Well, there's, what's the song? And there's five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes in a year. So ten years. Yeah. It'll take you ten years to count the ninety-six million. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's what computers are for, my friend. That's how you measure a decade. So, do you want to tell me about what happened on Monday? Uh, nothing happened to me. The entire party died, but <laughs> nothing happened to me. Yeah. It TPK. Was, so. You know, they they uh they had a lot going against them. It was a uh rough uh rough situation. 
essentially, they they knew that they were going to fight. Yeah. They were going into a fight. Yeah, a big fight. Very big fight. Um, and they had recently lost their paladin. Who, to death? To a deck of many things. Ah. His soul had been stripped from his body. Void. Yes. And then immediately thereafter, somebody else who was holding the... Uh, the uh, portable hole that his body was in, his un- his lifeless body was in, drew a card and got the Thorns no. card that took away all magic items that they were oh. carrying or had on them. So, so very literally, his body is in one dimension somewhere and his soul is in another, never to be found. So Paladin was gone before Big So fight. Paladin's gone before. that, and He was their last healer because the week before, somebody had drawn a card, and uh, long story short, they went to hell. And decided to make a pact with a devil, forsaking their pact with their celestial friends. So they went from pact ah. of the celestial, which had healing capabilities, to pact of the fiend, which does not. A pact change. That's yes. interesting. It was actually a lot of fun to I've role never, play. I've never had that before. It was a lot of fun to role play. It really was. Uh, essentially, the entire backstory for him was his character was a uh, Asimar. 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 Who uh, had been taken by a cult at a very young age yeah. and this cult was trying to sacrifice him to a pit fiend to get their powers you know the same thing anyone any cult does when they sure. sacrifice it uh, a celestial came down rescued him he at a very young age made a pact with the celestial to do good in the world ah. so, Tyrael. so uh, he learned more and more that the pit fiend and the celestial that he had been Working with actually once upon a time before you know the heavens were torn asunder and all that they were they were buddies of the fuck variety, <laughs> they were lovers and uh, and please tell me the pit fiend was the woman in this situation no, and more and more and more the uh, Wait, was it a heteronormative relationship or was it two dudes two ladies lady, no genders heteronormative okay well I mean as much as a, a devil and and you know a celestial okay. being are any kind of gender. Um, that's true. He, they appeared as a man and a woman. Whether or not they are or aren't, that's beyond... Missed opportunity that, to have beyond, a gay relationship, Kevin. Well, that's just beyond moral comprehension at that point. Yeah, that's true. So Is God a man? Yeah, exactly. Is God a gender? Do angels have genitals? Do they? I don't no. know. Isn't that in a movie? Yeah, that's in J- the Janice Lampard movie, uh, Dogma. Dogma, great yeah. movie. Um, they don't. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but the picture became very gray, and at one point it's like... Maybe. Anyway, he draws a card, and instead of sending his soul, not his soul, his body and soul to some weird place, I decided you went to hell, and you are currently in care of the guy that you've been fighting against your whole life. Makes sense. They have conversations. The devil treats him very nicely, shows him what he's been doing and why he's been recruiting Asmar, and explained that the cult that abducted him was horrible and not acting on his behalf and just doing terrible things of their own accord because that's what they thought they were supposed to do. And uh, he uh, he came around to the idea, and then eventually uh, the devil's like, I have a surprise for you, and he had the cult leader. Happy birthday. And he said, you have two choices. You have all your powers. It will take one shot. You can strike down my form as is, or you can strike down the cult leader. And he chose to strike down the cult leader and be- changed his pact. Came back all Bold. badass. Bold. At, but without any healing. So you have no paladin, no uh, celestial warlock. warlock. Everyone else, you've got a, let's see, you've got a arcane archer wizard. That's you, useless. You've got a rogue. Always you've good. You've got a monk rogue. Always good. 
You've got a wizard, a necromancer. Uh, and that was and that was the party. So that was DPS. So yeah, they you had DPS. Yeah, all they, you had. they could kill the fuck out of shit, but they had no way to heal themselves. And no tank, really. Your monk was your tank. Yeah. And it was a monk rogue. It wasn't even a monk. Yeah. Because the monk's pretty tanky. Yeah. So I gave them, and uh, the person that lost their paladin, I gave them a. Uh, there were a bunch of people in the cave system. Long story short, I just gave them an NPC to play that was yeah. there already. So he was a wizard. And there was one other NPC who was a paladin, but not as high level as they were. Yeah. Uh, and these two characters came out very badly wounded, and you know they're like, "We we need to rest and stuff." And the party's like, "We're fighting now!" And I'm like, "Okay, okay, that's it." Because they were afraid that if they rested, they would get ambushed. And I'm like, "Is that any worse than if you don't rest?" You no, know, whatever. It's not up to you at that point. Yeah. So so they. I love how your party goes from complete indecision. Like we're gonna sit, we're gonna decision. sit at this yes. tavern until something happens. To, nope, fucking yes. go. Yes, yes. They they had their minds two, made up. They were done playing around. The fight was happening. Two speeds: then. park and drive. There's no. So, yeah. Well, it's just park and high gear. Park and third gear. There, yeah. There's no. There's no first gear warm ups. It's just let's go. No idling. Like no no creeping. So just straight they did well. Um, well, they I, wiped. So they but they they were doing well. But as soon as the first person went down. You know, everyone that they were fighting were very intelligent creatures, minus the two big beefy things yeah. that were bodyguards. Yeah. So as soon as one of them went down, they're like, "Kill it." They didn't go focus yeah. on someone else. They killed. Right. As soon as you went down, they if you they can spare you off. the moment to attack it, you're gonna. Yeah. You're smart. You're, you're not gonna let them get back up. Right. You know, heroes have a tendency to keep coming back, yeah. as Thanos learned. Yeah. Exactly. So. So he, they did not give the heroes a chance to get back up. So the monk fell first. Uh, let's see who was next. Probably a wizard. Uh, the monk followed by the rogue. Really? Yes. I'm surprised the smart bad guys wouldn't kill wizards. Um, well, so essentially there was this great chess match of counterspelling happening. You can, you can counterspell a, a counterspell. counterspell. Yeah. I don't there, know if it's there been was, a popular topic online lately. There was a very great chess match going on where everyone was trying to, when they were casting spells, get out of a 60-foot range. Yep. But when they weren't casting spells, get into it so they could counterspell. It was it was actually a lot of fun to play. That's funny. Yeah. I don't think about wizards who are like running closer yeah, so, and farther. So, yeah, there were... Uh, uh, the enemies had uh, two warlocks with Pact of the Grand okay. Old One. Uh, they each had counterspell, but they had very limited slots. Sure. Uh, and then there was... The fallen party member who died weeks prior, who had made a deal, became a bad guy. Became a bad guy. <gasps> cool. Was a bard warlock, uh, who also had counterspell. Bardlock. So there were three of yeah. You know, it's a charisma-based caster, so yeah, it actually works sense. out pretty well. You sing to your patron. Yeah. So the three of them were just kind of like going against the two on that team that could counterspell, and it's just like this tête-à-tête of basically like they're not really doing much; they're just trying to. Yeah, defend so, against each other. So you just use a you know a cantrip and hoping that they counter. They nullified each other to as, waste it. as as um, so it artillery. Was it was a, it was actually a very enjoyable what, fight. What song would a bard warlock sing? Uh, Rainbow in the dark. He uh, let's see a bard warlock. I see that as being Ozzy. A kind Ozzy's of, a bard warlock, right? Uh, I was I was Ozzy thinking Osborne? like Jethro Tull. Really? I feel like he'd be a bard warlock. He's uh, he's fucking insane. Not Dio. Not um. Ron Halpert. They're just bards. 
I think Ozzy's a bard warlock. Like he's got some packs. He he he's he, got a the pack. blood magic and everything. And he's not dead yet. Yeah, he's yeah. got something. I think Ozzy's a bard warlock. Maybe, maybe. Well, but. so they they wiped because yeah. big bads were they were well, killing. Well, so them. uh, it started off bad because they didn't roll great initiative. Yeah. So the first person up was one of the warlocks who used their mystic arcanum to mass suggest that everyone go take a nap in another room. Sure. I knew that. Obviously, it wasn't going to get everyone. Very reasonable suggestion. It wasn't going to get everyone, but it got two. It got That's the, a pretty it, big it got percent. the wizard and the paladin who That's, said, okay. It's like 40%. And they just walked into different rooms and took a nap. Oh. Uh, and then the warlock bard Ozzy. dominated the rogue and got the rogue to start killing other people with his awesome sneak attack damage. So that's why the that's why his best friend the monk rogue fell because the rogue killed the fuck him. out of him. I like it. So it was it so was So it was kind of a PVP wipe. Yeah. Yeah. Where your big bads were like other players basically. Except yeah, there were there were three players and there were these uh there were star spawn in there. Ah. Uh, there was a star spawn spe- a star spawn seer and two star spawn hulks. Fun fact, and I didn't realize this at the time, uh, Star Spawn Hulks are completely immune to psychic damage. They are psychic mirrors. You do psychic damage to them, it literally reflects off them and hits everyone in a 10-foot area. Okay, I know what to use if we're playing psionics. The Star Spawn Seer ha- makes two attacks that are psychic damage. So you just shoot the Star Spawn and it explodes. I, ke- I kept the two Star Spawn within 10 feet of each other, and it would hit one, ricochet to the other. It would do the same thing. It was crazy. That's kind of complicated. It was, I like it. Yeah. That's kind of... So we can just spend the next 10 minutes talking and about... And it takes... Um, so essentially, TPKs. there are two challenge rating 10 and one challenge rating 13, and it was a party of six... Uh, five challenge rating... Not challenge rating. Party of five level 14 characters Should've been and doable. two level 12 characters. Should have been doable. Plus the other three... Uh, NPCs. Uh, NPCs were at the same level. So it was a fair battle. Totally. Fair battle. But that one ability... Fucked them up so hard. Well, you know, you hit them pretty hard with the crowd control right off the bat. And there's nothing that you can do. It's, it, it literally says on the Star Spawn Hulk, the, anyone within 10 feet takes that damage. You'd have to, in Psionics, so he was casting a spell that did psychic damage? Yeah. What was he casting? It wasn't a spell. It was, it's he was just using ability. psychic ability. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a psychic ability. That's what I was going to say. If it was a spell, uh, you'd have to hit uh, him with a silence or something. But Yeah, it's like just psychic orb. As we know, Psionics are fucking stupid and, and have no components. each one does 27 damage. So it's just, bam, 27 damage. So you bam, would have to crowd control the spawn and to, stay away from them. You have to kill the seer quickly. That's the key to it. If you kill the seer quickly, the star spawn only do 14 damage per hit, plus they can stun you if they hit you twice. Yeah, but if you stay away from them, no big deal. Yeah. So killing the seer is the important part. So how do you feel about your TPK? I feel good. You feel good. Yeah, like, it was it was a tough resolution in that they didn't get to... Because that's the thing, right? You declared, that's it, campaign's over. Yeah. You guys lost. Yeah. Yeah, I, and we, we spent uh, the the session essentially finished about an hour early after the battle was said and done, and we just did a whole thing. They they did a Q and A. They wanted to know what was going on in the world, you know, the various things. And I just I told them I told them the story that was going on, the questions they, they had. They went to I the answered. afterlife. They got to talk to their deity. Like, hey, what was up with this thing? Well, three of them went to somewhere not so happy. They essentially went to H.P. Lovecraft's version of Limbo, full of tentacles and hideous monsters. Hey, that could such. be good for some people. Uh, We're into tentacles, and the other, and then the others did go essentially to their afterlife. So they got a Q and A with Jesus. So or the devil. Yeah, in the one case, the, the pact, whatever. Yeah. So you felt good about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's not necessarily the resolution I envisioned, but never is. But it's, it was a good fight. 
uh, there was only one Hulk and the Bard Warlock left at the end of it. So really, they killed the yeah. this one Hulk and the they seeker. One Hulk, a seer, the two warlocks in the back. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And do you feel your party felt good about it? Um, I think that they went in prepared to die, like they were expecting to die. Because they didn't rest. Well, I think even before that, they just they just said this is it. This is our final stand. Like if anyone lives, great. But if not, it's fine. So there was their Avengers moment. Yeah. Going in, like, all right. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Yeah, exactly. Well, they died. If we die, we die. If we don't, great. Okay. Because they had a they they were gonna have a huge battle to come. It was gonna be great. Really, there was yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. If they, uh, I, I had great plans for them if they lived. Uh, they essentially would have had a single day to find because the big bad actually wasn't in the fight. Yeah. Him and his dragon were off in another place dealing with a pesky druid and her rock. It was actually a great fight they were having. No, I'm not. Uh, no, a rock as in the bird. Oh, ROC. So, yeah, giant giant bird and badass druid versus badass dude with his dragon. I have a monster suggestion that just came to my mind. What? Rock lobster. <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant bird. Is it, is it hanging out like under the pier? Yes. And you think it's a rock. But it, but it was a rock. a rock lobster. Yeah. Yeah, it's flying it's flying overhead. Is that a rock? Nope, it's a rock lobster. Well, that's kind of what I'm curious about is cuz you know, nobody wants the end of the campaign to be a TPK. No. And it's it kind of by default default feels bad man, right? We fucking we lost. Yeah. And there were uh definitely a few times that I fudged a few rolls in their favor to keep it going cuz I wanted them to That is my latter follow-up questions is how much effort did you put in to giving them the edge. There there were only probably I'd say three times that I that I fudged rolls. Um just to I think I think and it was definitely earlier in the rounds. Once two people had died, like outright died, I was like, Yeah, this this is over. Because that's a, the big balance of a DM when you're like you're you've got okay, here's your here's your enemy. We're gonna go fight it. Okay. I'm either gonna I'm either gonna play it true mm-hmm. and you guys lose if you lose or i'm gonna like play it for the story and give you the edge you know and you you basically played it true yeah. and that okay i killed you i killed you yeah there's no there's no resurrections this time yeah right? well the, the the other problem is that because they'd lost their paladin lost the only ability to bring people back mm-hmm. no no, 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 no um, spare the dying no revivify that was their that was their only way that and the celestial warlock both had Revivify. Did they have diamonds? They did. Really? Yeah, they'd gotten them just for this occasion. And somehow... Lost them. It's the deck of many things. After the first draw took their friend to hell, I'm like, no one's going to draw anymore. No, that's dumb. Of course you draw again. And that literally... you make a wish. Very literally, their plan was draw until we get the wish. They were going to keep going. Unfortunately, they got the Thorns card on the fifth draw, lost the deck. which lost it. Yeah. Th- what th- what's the Thorns card? Thorns, you lose all magical items that you're carrying or on you. I have thorns on here. And it might not be in the deck of many things. I was using a variant ah. of the deck of several things, I believe. Okay, because the deck of many things has ruined all forms of wealth. Get destroyed. Throne yeah. no, is not no. thorns. No. Uh, no, talons. Sorry. Talons. Oh, every. That's the one. Artifacts are now destroyed. Ah, okay. Well, I'm glad that you did it. Because it's a hard thing for a DM to do. Mm-hmm. And I think new DMs, if anybody's listening to this, it's it's even harder for a new DM to be like, ah, my players are going to, it's going to suck. You just got to, 
you have to make that call yeah. of is this is it is this the place that should end? Will it feel bad? Will it be okay? Should the campaign come to an end here? Do my players deserve to to lose for being dumb? You gotta make that call. So I, I tried to play as upfront and straightforward as I could the yeah. entire session. Yeah. Because because uh, that way you feel great about the wins and the losses are rough. And it was not meant to be an easy end of the campaign. It was not meant to be an easy campaign at all. Yeah. But they they did very well. Um, I think as long as they felt when they lost, like you didn't artificially construct their loss. It yeah. was a sort of well-deserved. It was. L. It was a great fight. You know, it was tough at the beginning. Yeah. You know, they lost two NPCs. Uh, they eventually woke them up by slapping them around a bit. It was just uh, a nap. It wasn't like a deep slumber. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, essentially, all you have to do to break suggest mass suggestions is just take damage. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I think it was cool, and I just wanted to sort of hear about your TPK. Yeah, situation. it was good. It was good. Well, I would recommend if anybody's up to, about to TPK their party, it's a judgment call. That's the thing. I don't think anyone goes in. In, like ahead of time thinking it's going to be a TPK. My party. Essentially, I think you get into the situation, the fight starts, and you're like, this could end. Yeah, and I, I think at that point, if your players see the writing on the wall, you have the option of do X machinaing them, and somebody comes and saves them, mm-hmm. or I don't. They don't. Game over, man. Game over, man. All right, we'll be back anyway. Part two. The end is nigh. The end is nigh. Part two of episode twenty-six. We've come a long way. It's been a long. My my Monday campaign ran forty-seven sessions over fifty-five weeks. That's it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a long time, actually. Fifty-five weeks. How many days passed in game? Uh, because of the one break we had, uh, I think that approximately three and a half to four months passed. So, 100 days. Yeah. Remember, you could level once a day based on the thresholds established <laughs> in the Dungeon Master's Guide. So, they should be epic levels. Yeah, level 100. Level 100. I, love the, I loved epic levels back in the day. There's no such thing anymore. They have epic boons. Like, can boons. you go to level 21? Nope, you go to level 20 and you get epic boons. That's stupid. Well, other rewards. How am I going to be a... Level 20 cleric, level 20 druid, god. Well, that's the thing, right? Can you multi-class level 40? Page 231, epic boons can also be used as a form of advancement. I love. By the way, I love. It's you guys can't see that, but picture. I love that fucking picture. That's probably my favorite D&D picture. With this approach, consider awarding one epic boon. What page each. is this? What did I say? 231? 231. No, what this is? 232 then? 231. Okay, 231, DMG, best picture. Great illustration. But some of these boons are sick as fuck. That's great, but... Again. Which, no, it's it's not epic levels. Epic levels back then they were stupid. You were stupid powerful. Yeah. You were deities at that point. Mm-hmm. But I like these. Speaking of deities, excuse me. I think I have to sneeze again. Stop sneezing. Uh, I want to talk about gods in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They exist, or do they? Or do they? That's the better question. So. My I, big my big issue. Yes. I don't really have a big issue. My, Is there my, a multiverse? My my. I am not a religious person. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like oftentimes when I'm doing or portraying religious characters, I'm either 
not enough of that character, I am too much. I'm too much of a, like a stereotype. Like, you are healed because I am a paladin that heals with my lay on hands. And I am, I'm a crazy evangelical whatever, you know. As opposed to like a subtly Yeah, as opposed to just devoted. a good, nice person. Well, to be fair, I would have I have a similar problem. However, in reality, I'm I'm gesturing to the world. People who are like tempered religious folk, yeah, that tends not to be the major aspect of their personality. They tend to be nice people who also happen to dabble in Jesus or your chosen religion. I gotta make me my Ned Flanders character. Right, like channeling and Ned Flanders, where it's like that's a part of him, but it's not the only part of him. It's a big part. But if you are a cleric, your god is a pretty big part of your personality. It's arguably the most important part because that's where you get all your power from. Mm-hmm. So, so why would you be like a subtle religious person if all of your power comes from your religion? I don't know. It just. It feels wrong to always play them that way. Sure. Anybody can be played a different way. But, like, you know, the people who are like, I'm going to be an atheist cleric, like, okay, we get your joke. And what it's about funny. different religions? Like, what if your religion believes in human sacrifice? What there if you are. Got, what do you got some Incan and Mayan gods? Those, well, those, exactly. The gods in your D&D world can really be whatever you describe them to be. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it lists all of the deities in uh, the player's handbook in the Appendix B. It's got the Eberron deities and the Greyhawk deities uh, and the non-human deities and, like, the classic Celtic ones and blah, 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 Egyptian ones, Norse ones. It's got all, it's got all of them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have any of those. You can have, like, my world has one. God. Paylor. Sure. Praise the sun. <laughs> one. Praise me. Praise me. That's it. You're the DM. You get to decide. And then maybe, you know, somebody comes around who's trying to become a god, and that's the whole story. Um, but you get to set it up. Back in the day, 3.5, the Pantheon was smaller. Much, much smaller. Prior to the deities' book. Well, I mean, I don't know. You had the Forgotten Realms deities. You had Greyhawk deities. But those were specific to the campaign setting. Yeah. Right? But if you were just using your own, and you had the player's handbook that yeah. had the page with, mm-hmm. like, 20 yeah, or yeah. 12 or however many were on there. Mm-hmm. Corella and Lerithian, Gromsh, St. Cuthbert, Bacab, trying to think of the Odin, um, Odin. Odin Obed High, Audemara, Palor, Hexter, Heronius. Yeah. Am I missing any? Yeah. Yes. Who? Probably. I just... um, Cord. Cord. Cord's a classic. Out of strike. Gotta have Cord. So there, there, so there was like, those were them. You represented, mm-hmm. you had your orc one, your human one, your elf one, your dwarf one, Morgan, I think we had, yeah. uh, you had those. You had your evil one, Hexter, good one, Heronius, good, good one, Paylor, magic one, Bacab. Weejoss. Nature one uh, was open high, Weejoss, right? Aladamar was your luck, your halfling mm-hmm. one. Weejoss was your other chaos and magic, Weejoss, right? no, uh, death and magic. Death and magic, yeah. <clears throat> so you had, and you had Vecna, you're like yeah. secret evil Se- one. Secret, secret, I've got a secret. Yeah, exactly. So you had those, and that was more than enough, really. Yeah. And you could obviously homebrew. And then they came out with that book, Deities and Demigods, Demigods. Had this is where all the Egyptian and Nordic ones and were written in three point five. And all the like lesser gods, you know, your Bahamut and mm-hmm. your Exactly. Uh, your demigods. Yeah. Uh which was nice. And I like because they had the stat blocks for them, which was super nice. Fight them. Cause they most deities, they didn't have epic levels at the time, so it was level twenty, level twenty. Yeah. But they had DD powers, so they could literally manipulate matter. Yeah. It's like, okay, it doesn't matter what I can do. They can manipulate matter. 
So they could it. they could fight you for the fun of it and then just say, it's over. It's just, yep, nope, sorry. The earth wraps you up and you die. Yep. That's it. A, yep. a rock falls in your head, you're dead. Yep. They could they could do the DM stuff. Bolts of lightning, smite, right. done. So your, your, your deities can be whatever you want. My favorite reason to do that is providing limited options mm-hmm. makes people play within those options, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when you, um, you know, when you, you know, if you say you were, you're on a project as a kid back in the day in school, if somebody said, okay, you know, an art class, you can do whatever you want, or you need to do something within these three options, right? One is like, Two or the first one, you can do everyone. Oh my god, what do I do? I've got all these options. It can be kind of like intimidating. Whereas if I provide you a finite amount and you get to play within those, it really tests your creativity a little bit more. Like, ooh, I only get to work with these twelve tools, these twelve gods. How can I make something interesting? And I find that way more satisfying than letting everybody have all the gods mm-hmm. that they want. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good response. Yeah, no, I mean. Because you're a player who likes to pick what a, a very specific deity for your cause. Yeah, I try to pick obscure ones. Right. And that doesn't help your DM in any way. Makes you think outside the box. Me. No, I'm already doing all the thinking. Yeah, think outside the box. Don't, don't want to do that. That, that. that way, I feel like you don't have to... Like, you can just let it be a part of the character, not necessarily Oh, that. yeah, no. I'm, it's, of course, it's just a part of the character. You don't have to work it into the story. I won't. I will yeah. actively not. Because yeah. I don't care. Like, you've picked an obscure deity who's not part of my world. Yeah. So you just get to be your... You will never find someone else who's worshiping your god. Perfect. You'll just be you. Yeah. All alone. Yeah. By yourself. Yeah. Usually, uh, usually if I pick a character that's religious, that's, you know, half the joy of it. I was... Nostal worship Paylor. That was an easy one. Yeah, that was easy. Yeah. No, it's not always. I think it's just... No, I didn't say always. Characters that are obscurely religious, like, you know, uh, my soon-to-be pathozealot barbarian... Is you know was raised by bears. He he worships a bear god. Ursa, uh, Balador. Also Ursa, father bear. Major. Yeah, no. Ursa major. That's no, a star. It's a bear. Nope. Ursa means bear. Nope. Fun fact: Do you know the word bear? Yes, it's not a fucking word. It's a stand-in word for the thing you can't say about bears. Fuck you too. <laughs> We've all been on the internet. We've all seen it. I'm pretty sure every time I've ever told that story, I'm just like, what? Oh, okay. So, well, then maybe they don't know. I'm sorry. I so, know. Go ahead. Fuck you. Go ahead. Nope. No, I nope. know. The eat, listener doesn't know. Eat a dick. So, the word bear. <laughs> all right. Well, now so, we're not going to tell you. So, listener, you can go Google. Wait yeah. a minute. Something obscure about the word bear? Yeah, exactly. Bear doesn't mean bear. Anyway. Bear, um, yeah, just Google bear doesn't mean bear and see what comes up. Bear, 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 bear. Buffalo, bear. buffalo, 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 buffalo. Bison. Wait. Never mind. Okay. Deities. Multi. Uh, planes. Wait, wait. There's a lot of planes out there. Yeah, yeah. Multiverse. Where the gods reside, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they don't really live on the material plane. Nope. Uh, the walk-in one. Farlogan? Oh, uh, yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, Farlogan. Forgot about the him. Man of the The walk-in dude. Yeah. You see him every once in a while. Yeah, he was kind of on Earth, but the deities typically weren't on the material plane. They existed elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? Um, what's the city at the center? Don't, the magical nope, not nope, city. Nope, nope. Don't remember the fuck out of it. Um, shit. Whatever. They're all in their own place. Like uh, the six hundred sixty-six layer of the abyss had powerful devils and mm-hmm. deities, or uh, the ninth layer of hell. Demons. Demons. Yep. Devils on hell. Yeah. Demons in, in the abyss. In the abyss. Also, like, like that's where 
Um, who's the spider drow deity? Loth. Loth. That's where she lives, right? She lives in hell, or the abyss. One of those. Abyss. One of those. Abyss. Abyss. So the multiverse was a place for your super powerful things to be. Yep. Now my question, the reason I'm talking about this, what form does the multiverse take for you? Uh, I feel like each realm, each reality is its own kind of like city, in my opinion. Really? Um, or like world, you know, like uh, Mechanist, home of you know the love of Mechanist, the great. Uh, the inevitab- inevitables and the inevitables the, and such. Um, what are those stupid little ones called? I don't remember. The clockwork yeah. goofball looking yeah. motherfuckers. I don't remember. But yeah, those guys. Like I just imagine their world is just giant gears. It is literally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was. The, I loved that book, Manual of the Planes, mm-hmm. third edition. Described in detail the the core planes. Yeah. And Mechanist was literally a system of gears. Yeah, it's awesome. It's just they were, fun. They were so big you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Slowly rotating. Yeah. That was your passage of time. Yep. Love it. Yep. Right? So. And then there's the elemental plane of fire, yep. air, water. Negative you know. energy, positive energy. Yeah. Astral plane, ethereal plane. What lives on the negative energy plane? Scary fucking shit. That's the best part about those like planes. Atropole, I those. subscribe to the Great Wheel cosmology. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, Which yeah, is the that. material planes at the center. Yep. The, the elemental planes are kind of wrapped around it. Mm-hmm. And the energy planes and the astral and ethereal kind of wrap over it. And the inner planes and outer planes... Mm-hmm. are the extra-dimensional ones. Yep. Right? Everything from Celestia to the Abyss to um, um, Elysium. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm coming up blank right now with the fucking planes. Valhalla? Yeah, all the good ones. You had inner planes and outer planes on the wheel. It was basically... Beastlands. They were they would, they overlapped each other based on the general alignment of the plane. Mm-hmm. So a lawful good plane sat next to a you know, lawful neutral plane and a chaotic good plane. Like it was a touch. Mm-hmm. It was touching yeah. those planes. Yeah. The, there's a law. Lo- it has the lawful overlap and the good overlap. And then there's going to be the good overlap and the chaotic. So overlap. in theory, you could physically navigate from one to the other by way of planar routes, such as the river sticks. Mm-hmm. So in the great wheel, I think there's a physical relationship of the multi planes. Like sure that your world is infinite. Our world earth is infinite because it exists in space. But there's parts, thin spots, so to speak, that touch on other planes that Especially have the like same the structure. Especially like the Wild and the Shadow. Exactly Bell. like that. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, those are very reminiscent of, of that structure. Where like I can, that's that's the entire point uh, point of a Horizon Walker is to find those little rifts. Yes. And travel through them. Right. You can find those places and just like do 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 do. There was a thing in their edition called the Infinite Stairway, which passed through planes. Stairway to Heaven, basically, is what it was. Um, or you could find. Could portals. you buy it? Uh, or you could find portals, physical ones, or you could make them, you know, like like with natural existing ones, or you could make a portal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I like that physical relationship of planar realities because that allows you like a fun travel yeah, sequence. You know, you go. I'm gonna go find the river sticks. I'm gonna get on a boat, and I'm gonna sail until I get to hell, and then I'm gonna park and get <laughs> off. And you land in hell, and it's fucking horrible. Go get judged by Anubis. Yes. As he weighs your heart with a feather. Against it, yeah. yeah. So you think, do you structure your planes in a specific way, or is that it? Um, so in my experience, I haven't really needed to do so because most people don't do that kind of extra plane travel. Like you might go to, you know, the Feywild. You might go to the Shadowfell. You might go to the Astral Plane. You might dabble in the Ethereal Plane or something. But very rarely do you go to 
you know, the outer planes. Or you have to be prepared. Going that, that for another and, plane can fuck you up. Yeah. Oh, the astral plane, my favorite thing about it. Ysgard uh, uh, was uh, the other plane that I was yeah. trying to come up with. Um, in 5th edition, and I think it was the same in 3rd edition, but in 5th edition, in combat, in order to move in the astral plane, you have to have an intelligence higher yeah. than 11. Yeah, you have to have at least a 12. Self. If you don't have that, you cannot move. You're there, just stuck there by your there own stupidity. There are these rules of other planes that you have to abide by. That was That's my favorite part of planes like, say, the elemental plane of fire. Mm-hmm. It's fucking fire. Yep. It just fire everywhere. Like, the earth is made of fire or molten rock or whatever. Or the elemental plane of earth, It's there's no sky. There's no up. There's no down. It's earth. The elemental plane of water. There's no surface. It's just water. It's just fucking water. Mm-hmm. elemental plane of air. There, there might be a floating rock here and there. <laughs> or like, there's, there's a city on a big island, but it's falling through infinite space. Forever. If you're not prepared for that, like, boop, I go to the elements of Planet of Air. Fuck. Uh... I cast Feather Fall. I keep casting Feather Fall. Damn it! Right. Well, you'd hit terminal velocity, right? And just keep falling until something was below you. Like, oh, shit, I better cast Feather Fall now. And hopefully not die. Oh, wow. But the the positive energy plane, right? Mm-hmm. You show up there. You literally absorb positive energy to the point where you burst and die. <laughs> unless you're prepared for it. Same thing with negative energy planes. You, it kills you. You yeah. straight up can't handle it. So what resides there? I have no idea. Things. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Things. Radiant elementals. The only thing I can think of are... Uh, Entropy elementals. Atropoles have a tie to the negative energy. Yes. Plane. I don't know if they Most, actually are from it. Things like things like undead and those might survive. Because they get healed. But the same thing, you get healed yeah, by it, but it might it kill you now. I guess it would work the other way. Constructs, probably. I could send a... I could send a, a I, golem. I feel you just have to have immunity to necrotic damage or something like that. Yeah, probably, which is some things. I'm I don't sure. know what comes yeah. up the top of my head. Yeah, and I'm sure you could get it through various means. I do like the astral plane, the silver cord that attaches people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, I, if you don't know this, listener. On the astral plane, you have a tether from your spine, basically, from like your brain stem. It goes up into the sky, past what you can see, way out there. And if I cut it, you're dead. You're dead in real life. You're dead. Yeah. It's like your dream cord. Yeah, it's basically. your Freddy Krueger. Yeah, just snip it. It's really hard to cut. Horrible sword. But uh, that's what uh, Gith mm-hmm. have their crazy silver swords. That's kind of their main thing, right? That's what it's for, It's trying to cut those cords. So they fly around the stupid boats in the astral plane trying to cut your cord. <laughs> they, they, oh, my God. Is that why they look like Freddy Krueger? Because Gith look, kind of look like Freddy Krueger. A little bit. Like they, green Freddy Krueger. Like fugly, weird-looking things. Uh. Like weird skin over their face. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that... Um, Epic rap battle of history with no, Wolverine versus Freddy Krueger. It it's so good. It's like really well you done. Said that. It's really well done. They're all pretty well done. I know, but some of them are like, well, this one I'm, I'm pimping this one because it's actually good. I don't know if it'll ever beat Deadpool and Boba Fett. That was a great That's rap battle. That's what it's Picasso versus. Um, yeah, you say that. Uh, shit. Bob Ross. Yeah, you say that. I'm sorry. Have you not watched it? It's so good. Deadpool and Boba Fett. That was a great one. All right, well. Let us know what the structure of your multiverse looks like. I'm or ass- don't. I'm assuming Great Wheel. It seems like the default. I'm assuming most people don't think about it. it. There's an entire section devoted to it in the book. Yeah, but... You can... The planes of existence. Those aren't rules. Oh, They're geez. more like guidelines. <laughs> Beyond the material plane, inner planes, outer plane, transitive planes, other planes. Other the far planes. realm where, where baddies like Mind Flayers and Beholders come from. There's the Great Wheel. Mm-hmm. Right? There's other structures to it. I just like the Great Wheel. I think it's can be, um, Oh, look at Elysium. What is that? We're going to zoom in on this. We're going to name some. The Beastlands, Arborea, Isgard, Limbo, Pandemonium, the Abyss, 
Carcerai, Hades, Gena, Nine Hells, Acheron, Mechanus, Arcadia, Mount Celestia. Never been to Gena. Does it say Bytopia? Bytopia. Oh, what was the gnome plane? Back in the day, there was a gnome plane that was two planes floating above each other, one with up and the other facing the other way. No, I don't remember. Oh, Jesus. It was so cool. <laughs> I like multiverse because the structure is weird. All right, well, let us know what your multiverse looks like. And uh, as usual, we just talked about nothing, really. This is our very niche podcast. Yes, it is. Maybe maybe someday we'll expand and become more mainstream. Nah. Make sure to subscribe and rate we'll the show. We'll discuss how to build a barbarian. Wherever you found it. Follow us on Twitter. How to plan you know, your character out. RWD Podcast. And feel free to send us topics you want to hear about. At, oh, eh, or your D&D rants. At send us topics. Podcast at gmail.com. And of course... It's episode 26. We will see you next time. Till then.